Hi, and welcome to the Local Church Podcast. I'm Jake Chambers, and I get to be the host of this podcast. And we are a church plant, a little church community, learning to be with Jesus together in Gate Harbor in Port Orchard, Washington. We're not experts, but learners, learning not just about Jesus, but how to be with Jesus, to be still, to be present, to be local, to be with Jesus in this moment, enjoying him together. So whether you've been following Jesus for decades or are just now starting to explore him, you can come, learn with us, learn to be with Jesus together with us. May you be blessed by this podcast and may more and more of heaven be breaking into your life into Gig Harbor, into Port Orchard, so that it might be on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks for listening. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. Today we are finishing up our study of Revelation, looking at chapters 21 and 22, the final chapters. Uh, And these chapters just ring forth with the beautiful promises of a new heaven and a new earth. the beautiful promises that God will make all things new. There'll be no sin and no death on the new heavens and new earth, and God will be with his people, just as he was in the Garden of Eden before there ever was sin, uh, walking in the cool of day with Adam and Eve. And many theologians call this picture of 21 and 22 the Garden City. You'll see a lot of imagery as we go through it that points to the Garden of Eden, Um, But now instead of it just being Adam and Eve and God walking together, uh, now there's a city, all of God's people, reigning together in this new Jerusalem, um, Jeru Shalom. Um, It is the city of Shalom. Uh, That's what Jerusalem points to, a city of wholeness and harmony and, and goodness and peace. So let's just walk through these two chapters together. Um... Verse 1 of chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And so you see this picture of a renewed earth. Um, The sea being no more. Sea, again, we've talked about this throughout Revelation, often was used in Scripture as a picture of chaos and death. Um, So will there literally be no sea, or will the sea just only bring forth life? Um, potentially the imagery here is that it's just speaking that there will be no more death and no more chaos. Uh, Much of the imagery we get points that the earth will be recognizable to what it is now, um, but without any sin, without any death, without any harm, without any pain, without any chaos. Uh, So imagine all the beauty of this creation, but with heaven dwelling with it, and there being no curse, no brokenness, no darkness whatsoever. Um, Beautiful picture. Uh, Better keep going. Verse 2. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Um, So we see all of God's people, uh, the church, the holy city, this new city, uh, 
the picture is it's like a bride preparing for its husband. Um, so you get a picture of a the ultimate wedding, the wedding feast here, the heavenly wedding feast. In verse 3, this is what we started with. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. So God's very presence with God's people forever and ever. He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So mourning, crying, pain, death, they will pass away. Death will die and be gone um, forever and ever. Amazing. Amazing. These chapters are just filled with such beautiful promises. Verse 5, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. So if you are thirsty, if your soul is thirsty, Jesus says he will give you soul-satisfying life without payment. And I feel like that's partially true. It's without payment for us. But we know that this, this drink came because Jesus paid the price for us on the cross. He paid it for us. And that payment was paid in full. This line, it is done. It reminds us of John 19.30 where Jesus was dying on the cross. And he says, it is finished. The work is done. He has made the payment so that we could drink of the spring of the water of life without payment. Praise Jesus for his generosity, his sacrifice, his goodness. Verse 7, The one who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And so Revelation points us to there being two deaths, this earthly death, and then there'll be all will rise towards judgment. And those that have trusted in Jesus will go to a second life, an eternal forever life in this new heavens and new earth. And the others will go to a judgment that is a second death. Um, And they will be judged for all of their wrongdoing. And so in the midst of these beautiful promises, again, we get another warning call to repent. The new heavens and the new earth are not for those who do not turn, trust Jesus, and follow Jesus' ways and repent of their own evil ways. Um, They will not inherit new Jerusalem, but instead will inherit judgment and a second death. Um, If you have parts of your life where you are just staying in sin, you're saying God doesn't care about this life, or you're stuck in addiction, you're stuck um, in greed or deceit or the Bible warns us over and over and over. Turn from following the way of drag the, the way of the dragon, the way of evil, the way of Satan. Turn and follow the way of the Lamb, the way of life, the way of love, the way of Jesus. Repent from your ways. Those that repent and trust in Jesus, they have a beautiful future coming, and those that do not um, have warning and judgment. Verse 9, Then came out 
came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Here it is, this imagery of the church again, God's people, all of God's people being his bride. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates as the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the name of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. Again, we've talked about this, but imagery here of the twelve tribes of Israel, all of God's people pre-Jesus on the cross. Um, and then on the three, on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, on the west three gates, and the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Symbolic here of all of God's people post the cross after Jesus' death and resurrection, the church. Um, and so imagery of foundation and gates, all of God's people dwelling together, built on these promises to his people in this new holy city, Jerusalem. Verse 15, And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. And so you get this picture of this just just bejeweled, golden, perfect, and it's, it's trying to, it's basically saying here, imagine every beautiful thing and create, every emerald, every jewel, every piece of gold that you can picture, like the, the majesticness, the gloriousness of God's holy city coming down to dwell with his people will will be beyond really what you could possibly imagine um, also people wore jewelry to to as an endowment to um, show the beauty of the one even wearing the jewelry and so this this idea of this city is is bejeweled to point out how beautiful the city and the bride and God's people are it's it's being prepared for a wedding with the finest of jewels. Another really interesting point here, um, the city being measured 12,000 stadia, its length and width and height being equal. So a lot of times in the books and movies that talk about Revelation, they picture this kind of just huge cubed city and okay, how is it going to, what are the floors going to be like? Um, that's not necessarily what it's saying. The imagery here, so 12,000 stadia, um, 12,000 stadia was about 1380 miles um, which was also about the the square miles of the Roman Empire at the time or really the readers kind of world and so it's kind of this idea of the city covering the known so the, the Roman rule and the Roman Empire they they touched everything the presence of Roman rule was everywhere 
Um, it was in the tax system. It had infiltrated um, the Jewish religion. It uh, was in where you could work or couldn't work. Um, you were all the time with the statues to the Roman rulers, uh, Roman rulers on the coin. The presence of the Roman Empire was everywhere. And what this is telling us here, the reason this city coming down is cubed, uh, the dimensions of the Holy of Holies in God's temple, where God's holiest presence dwelled, uh, was in a cubed room. So a perfect cube, the dimensions of the Holy of Holies, where God's presence dwelled in the temple. And what it's saying is, this perfect cube coming down from heaven that covers the entire known area. It's saying God's holy of holies presence, his very presence will cover everything we know. Um, instead of it being the Roman rule and presence over every area, it'll be God's holy presence dwelling in and amongst us, infiltrating and permeating everything that we know. Uh, so it's really, really powerful and beautiful um, imagery. Verse 22, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. In the book of John it says, The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, we see that... When Jesus comes back, when he comes back, his light will shine throughout all the earth and there'll be no darkness left on the earth. Um, is this talking about physical darkness? No night, um, no sleep, and kind of not the sun and moon cycle? Uh, potentially, potentially it is pointing to that. It says we're not going to need the sun or moon to shine. Maybe the sun and moon would still be there. We kind of had an interesting discussion on Sunday. Well, what about the stars? Maybe we'll be able to see stars through even the day because of um, their glory will shine even more perfect out of the curse. Who knows? We just kind of had some fun imagining what this could mean in picture. Um, but I think one of the things it certainly points to, darkness is always the symbol of Satan's rule. Darkness is a symbol of sin. And it's saying there is going to be absolutely no darkness in the world anymore no more hatred and division and chaos and disease and all the things just associated that are just dark and broken and wrong they'll be gone god's light will shine over every inch of the new heavens and new earth forever and ever jesus himself will be our light so great news that's chapter 21 chapter 22 says this then the angel showed me the river of the water of life bright as crystal flowing from the throne of god and of the lamb through the middle of the street of the city also on either side of the river the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month 
The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. Nothing accursed. Love that. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Uh, So here we see some of that Garden of Eden imagery. Um, And I love just the life that you see in the Garden of Eden is multiplied in the new heavens and new earth. There's not one tree of life. In the Garden of Eden, there was a tree of life. Here, there's trees of life on both sides of the river of life. So you have the river and water of life, and you have the trees of life, and their leaves heal the nations, and there's nothing accursed. Remember, at the end of the garden, everything is cursed. So it's reversing the curse of the garden right here. It says there'll be nothing accursed. Right now... You try to plant a garden and you're going to have to deal with weeds. You're going to have to deal with moles. I have moles that won't go away. I've tried literally everything to get rid of them. Um, Weeds and thorns and possible to grow stuff if you're not a green thumb. And I am not. But it says then there'll be nothing accursed. Just this beautiful life-giving garden. Praise God. Verse 6, and he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what soon must take place. And behold, I am coming soon. So we live with hope, knowing that Jesus is coming soon. We live with anticipation. We live to spread this good news, uh, knowing that he is coming soon. It says, Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things, and when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. So we don't worship angels. We don't worship um, spiritual leaders or celebrity pastors or... um, anyone or anything besides the God of the Bible. Verse 10, he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Uh, Verse 10 is a reminder like, not to seal up the promises in Revelation, but also it's a reminder not to seal up the promises through Genesis through Revelation. Like, let's open up the Bible, meditate on it, share it, uh, memorize it, learn it, be men and women that are being shaped by God's word. Don't seal it up. Let it out. Uh, Verse 11, Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Just another picture of God's bigness and his fair judgment. Verse 14, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Um, So you see, you get into the city by washing your robes. They're washed by the blood of Jesus. Jesus makes us clean and Jesus makes us righteous. Um, the imagery here of uh, basically those that 
are in the Lamb's Book of Life being outside of the gates. I don't think it's literally they'll be out of the gates because um, there's no evil on the earth anymore. But it's just a picture that they're not in the city of God. That's the imagery that is being being used here. That they're not in the new heavens and new earth. They're they're locked out forever. Um, those that have not trusted Jesus. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. He is the promised one. Verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. And the one who hears says, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. The spirit and the bride say, come. The bride, again, is all of God's people, the church. So we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we invite others to come to Jesus, to receive his promises, to, to get to live in the new heavens and new earth forever and ever with Jesus. We get to be an invitation people. The Holy Spirit is inviting us. And through the Holy Spirit, the church, the bride, says come and invites others. We want to be an invitation community. Say come, you can take the water of life without price because Jesus has paid the price for you. If your soul is thirsty, if you are discouraged, if you are depressed, if you are anxious, if you are struggling, if your soul is weary, come, come, drink of God's word, drink of God's presence, drink of God's promises. Come to Jesus, drink of the water of life. Verse 18, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life in the holy city, which are described in this book. So we don't cut up the book of Revelation. We don't cross out the parts we don't like. We don't um, add to it tradition or other thoughts. Um, We preach it as it is and do our best by the power of the Spirit to uh, understand, understand it. Some of it's clearer than others. Some of it can be more complicated. Um, But we do our best and we're not adding or taking away from it. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. So the letter ends. Come, Lord Jesus. If this stuff is true, if this book is true, then Jesus, come back. Make all things new. Wipe away every tear. Uh, When Jesus comes back, it is going to be amazing. And then he ends it. Remember, this this book was a a prophetic book, an apocalyptic revelation book. We talked about that on the very first episode. And it's also a letter. Um, And he kind of ends it with this picture of the letter again in verse 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Um, With this benediction. So, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Thanks for listening. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Local Church Podcast. We are a church in Gig Harbor in Port Orchard that is learning to be with Jesus together. If you'd like to know more, you could find us on Instagram at localchurchgh or online at localchurchgh.com. Feel free to reach out to us and we can get you directions to a gathering. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and you are invited. We'd love to see you there. With that, let me leave you with this blessing. May the love of God the Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit 
be with you.